Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Hey, welcome to our show. It's for you, those that work so hard for your money. And you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom of cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but you want it right now so you can live that life that you love with those that you love. But most importantly, it's not just about getting rich, is it? It's about living a rich life because as you are blessed financially, you have a greater capacity to bless the lives of others. Guys, thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you binging and sharing this podcast with others. You guys are creating powerful conversations because you're not just doing this privately. You're talking with other people as well, other colleagues, friends, coworkers, whomever it might be, family members. You're having these discussions to have a better life. Guys, that is powerful. I will tell you from my own experience, that is how I started out. I remember I was listening to an AM talk radio show with real estate investors. This is going on now 17 years ago listening to those guys and then having conversations with other friends and family members, man, not only did it help me actually apply these principles and make it work in my own life to become financially independent, but it helped others as well. That is why we're here today. That is the ripple effect we are here to create. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this. If you haven't done so already, go check out moneyripples.com, our website there. We've got a great passive income calculator to show you just what you can create in the next 12 months. How much passive income can you have? Check that out and try it today. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money. And get this, it's only a thousand dollars or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA friendly and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. Okay, guys, so I want to share an article that I found recently. And this is news that's been happening. If you've been watching certain news stations, some highlight it more than others, you've been hearing about credit card debt. And the real question is this, is that, Is this at the point where there's going to be a big economic collapse, partly in due to the credit issues that we're having, specifically credit card payments now being higher and credit card balances being higher than ever before in history? That is what I want to talk about today. Now, this article in particular, this one, like I said, Yahoo Finance, so you can find it here, says troubling signs emerge as credit card debt hits record high. Now, what does this record high mean? Credit card debt has now hit almost $1 trillion by the end of 2022. So this is regarding the fourth quarter. They're saying the fourth quarter was the biggest growth. It was a $61 billion increase on going up to $986 billion. Guys, $61 billion credit card increases. Now, I had mentioned this a little ways back. I talked about, I can't remember which episode it was now, but it was, I believe it was towards the end of the year or beginning of this year, where we were talking about how people were not necessarily doing great on Christmas Day, right? When they were buying on Christmas Day, when there's consumers going and buying goods, a lot of them were putting this on credit, 
not just credit cards. There were even stores offering not a layaway, I guess I'd say, but more like a deferred payment type system, more of a buy now, pay later type of option that they had. This wasn't reported in the news a whole lot, but it was a big thing. So even when we're talking about this right here, that's not the same thing. We're talking about an actual serious situation where people thought, okay, I can do a final Christmas and Christmas sales were okay, but they were okay because it was a pay later scenario, not a buy now ability. That is the one of the big problems we're seeing right now. So we see this big influx. And I think actually over the last year, that's an increase of $130 billion. So just think about it. Almost a trillion dollars, 130 billion would just increase in the last year. We already knew that in, that inflation was increasing dramatically over the last year. And that's one of the big things that they blame to. So we have increase in food costs. We saw an 11% increase in 2022 with food costs, right? From January to January. We saw huge increases. Even here, they talk about how auto loans have also increased. In fact, the bigger concern is this right here. It says this in the third paragraph, which will tie the auto loans too. It's saying at the same time, the rate at which credit card holders missed payments or became more than 90 days behind was higher than before the pandemic, especially among younger borrowers, a potentially worrying sign that when the student loan pause lifts later this year. So what they're saying is, hey, credit cards, now we're going 90 days or more behind on just making the minimum credit card payments. Interest rates have also increased. It says that the interest rate is average rate is now near 20% according to bank rate, which is bigger than it was even from the last really 37, almost 40 years. So some of the highest credit card rates that we've ever seen happening now, those go up, payments go up. At the same time, inflation is going up, affordability therefore goes down. This just adds more stress. And as I said before, when we looked at with the auto loans, for example, they said auto borrowers are also having trouble keeping up with their monthly payments, especially among younger borrowers, right? It says the higher interest rates largely can't be blamed for this increase. Why? Because they're fixed payments. So they're saying what's happened is, of course, yes, the rates have gone up on new loans, which doesn't help. But remember, we also saw auto loan prices go up too, or automobile prices in general go up. So we're seeing automobile prices go up, interest rates go up. We've also seen in general, people's spending has to go up just to stay at the same standard of living and the affordability squeeze is killing people, right? And I may even mentioned this, I think it was actually 2021 or early 2022. I mentioned that there could be an issue with all this inflation. This could actually squeeze people out. Even just having 10% inflation, but your income doesn't go up by 10%, you're in trouble, especially if you were already paycheck to paycheck prior to this happening. Even worse, like they said, with younger borrowers, they're not making these payments and the student loan program, guess what? That actually comes due. It's supposed to end the deferment that we've had really since 2020. It's supposed to stop in June of this year. So we've got really another three plus months before a lot of this crap might hit the fan. And this is exactly what's concerning to me, okay? Not just the credit cards. It's not just about that. I believe the credit cards are a natural consequence of just the affordability factor happening right now. But I do believe there's some other factors too. When they say with young borrowers, this has been an issue, young borrowers, and again, I'm generalizing here. I know there's very good, wise stewards that are those that are in their 20s or 30s even. Great people, good with their money, manage it well. I'm not putting this as a blanket on a complete generation of people. They're just saying the young borrowers are the ones that they're noticing a much bigger delinquency increase. Here's what's happened. And this is true even with people that are outside the younger generation. I've seen this even with people that are in their 40s and 50s. What's happened is that there is a law out there called Parkinson's Law. 
I don't mean the disease. I mean the law. The law says that whenever there's space created, right? Whenever a space is created, well, if you put it in science terms, space abhors a vacuum, right? If there's a vacuum in space, something wants to fill it. If in your situation, you free up time, naturally that time wants to be filled. We saw this really in, in with all the shutdowns that we had with the pandemic, right? People were saying, wow, I got all this time on my hands. What do I do? You don't hear people say that anymore. You don't hear people at all say they have time on their hands. In fact, they probably feel more stressed, more busy, more distracted than ever. Furthermore, we also see people with money. This happens as well. This happens if you ever have an increase in pay. Pretty soon, you feel like within about six months or so, you feel like life is just normal. You feel like you don't really feel any more free or any more relaxed with your money than you were prior to that. This is also true if you pay off a loan payment. You pay off maybe 400 bucks a month on a loan payment. You're happy, yes, 400 bucks a month. What could I do with that money? Next thing, six months or so, it's absorbed. You're right back to spending the same amount as you were before. This is why it's so important that if you increase income and or reduce expenses, you capture it. You give every dollar a job, you capture it right away. You start putting that money away. You give it a job, right? You say, I'm gonna take that $400 I've paid off on that loan and I put it away into savings. So it does become part of that Parkinson's law, but at least the money's not gone. Unfortunately, what most people do is when they free up money or increase their income, the next thing to do is they spend more money and they feel just as strapped as before. 2020 hits, right? Tons of people are getting loan forgiveness or even, well, not always loan forgiveness, but you're getting really payment forgiveness. And especially student loans delayed for years. We can only push this off so long before someone's gonna have to say, kids, it's time to grow up, right? It's time to grow up and make your payments. And I get it. Again, I'm not judging because there was many times I put my student loan in deferral. And I did that from time to time, especially when things are tight, but it wasn't a permanent situation. I used it. And then I went back to paying it again, right? You've had a deferral now for three plus years. It's time to pay up. The problem is if you already start to absorb it, whether it's just because naturally inflation's gone up, housing costs have gone up, food costs have gone up, but your pay, your actual pay stubs have not or have not gone up as much. Yes, you're going to feel the pinch. It is a tough situation to be in. This is why your number one focus right now, you should be worrying about investing. Your focus should be how do you get your finances in control. Get your finances in check right now, right at this moment. Say, how can I start paying off these particular loans? Now, which one loans do you pay off? Which ones are the best ones to do? I would bring up an old topic that I've brought up many times before on the show, a little formula I created years ago. Actually, it's now it's been 15 years during the last recession that I created called a cash flow index. What you do is you take the balance of the loan, and you divide it by your minimum monthly payment, not the payment you're paying, but the minimum required monthly payment. Divide the balance of that loan into that payment and you will get a number. That lower the number, more you wanna pay it off. In fact, the lowest number is the one you pay off first. Don't even worry about these interest rates, although that is a factor, all right? All things being equal, I would aim for the higher interest rate, but that's not what's gonna help you out right now because if you aim for the highest interest rates, it won't always free up the most cash flow and you'll still be strapped. You might still go late on certain loans. So to prevent that, and remember, this is a guy that went over a million dollars in debt, was laid on everything. My credit score literally dropped down to like a 481. Guys, you understand that a 500 credit score is horrible. A 481, it's almost impossible. You have to be very intentional to get a bad credit score like that. I was there. It got that bad because everything was going delinquent. I wasn't paying hardly anything on time at that moment. Very few things that were. I did keep one auto loan that 
had lates here and there, but I was able to just to get paid enough to keep the vehicle and not have it to taken away. Heck, I even remember times that I had to hide the vehicle, had to hide it in the garage so that no one would drive off with it. They would have to break and enter into my home to get the vehicle. That's how stressful it was for us, right? I know what it's like when times get tight. We are moving into those times right now. What you should be doing is looking for that lowest cash flow index to free up the most cash with the least dollars out of pocket. So for example, say you have a $10,000 credit card, that's $200 a month. But you also have a $10,000 auto loan, that's $500 a month. If all you had was 10,000 bucks and you're thinking, well, maybe I should invest it. The answer is no, okay? Paying off either of these loans, in fact, would actually be a better ROI than investing it. Because if you had 10,000 bucks, you made at least 80 to 100 bucks a month, you'd be doing pretty dang well. But remember, that credit card's 200 bucks a month with a higher interest rate. This is say it's 20%. And then you got the car loan, say it's at 4%, but it's $500 a month. If you're just focused on the interest rate, you would aim for the credit card, but only free up 200 bucks a month. However, common sense and life experience will teach you, don't aim for that lower payment. Aim for the higher payment. Pay off that car loan that's $500 a month. Why? Because that's where the stress is. It's the month to month. If you can keep making your payments, you can get ahead. If you can't make your payments, it doesn't matter what the interest rate is, you will lose, you will go late, and can potentially have better, bigger repercussions like with me where I eventually had a foreclosed upon house. I don't want you to ever get that serious of condition. So to avoid that, and this is what I had to do to even keep myself from filing bankruptcy, was using this very formula. I want to go for the one that had the highest payment for the lowest balance. That ratio, that is the cash flow index. Divide the balance by the payment and the lowest number you pay off first. So in that example, that $500 a month payment on a $10,000 auto loan is a 20. You can write it out if you're a visual person, write it out, right? If it's a $10,000 credit card with $200 a month payment, it's a 50. The 20 is two and a half times better to pay off than a 50. Pay off that car loan. You can always take that 500, take it to pay on the extra 200 a month on that credit card, that's 700 a month. You'll pay off that credit card in less than a year anyways. That extra interest you're paying would be negligible. Hardly make a difference. But what happens is when you pay that and free up that $500, you throw down to the loan. By the way, here's a cool thing with this cash flow index. If you're looking at credit cards specifically, you pay down extra on that principal. Now, the index said on that credit card, it's a 50. That also implies that every $50 you charge on it, it costs you $1 a month. But also for every 50 you pay down a principal, you free up $1 a month. Guess what happens when you have about $700 a month to throw onto that credit card? Now you're freeing up roughly about, if it's a 50, you're freeing up, let's say, because there's some interest as well as principal being charged there, roughly about $13 a month. So what that means is that now the next month, that payment goes from 200 down to about $187. And guess what? When you pay that extra 700 again, you're probably gonna see that thing go down to below 170. And so that payment keeps dropping down, freeing up more cash flow, making it easier to breathe. That doesn't work on the reverse when it deals with car loans or mortgages. If you don't pay them off in full, you won't free up anything. So just be aware, we're talking about putting extra payments on something. Do not put extra payments on your student loans. Don't put extra payments on your car loans, your mortgages, anything that's a fixed type of loan payment, because that's not going to fix the situation. You have to either pay it off completely or just don't pay any extra on it at all. It's better just to save it up in savings and that paid off in one lump sum. That is the key. Now with credit cards, you can pay them down. The payment also goes down as you pay down the balance. That's good. You want that, okay? So just take it from a guy who had to figure out how to pay off over a million dollars of debt, had no money and no credit, had to get pretty creative. This was a huge strategy for me. So this is big. So for those of you that are struggling with this situation right now, I hope that helps. Now, 
for the rest of you, what does this mean? Because maybe you're fine. Maybe your situation, you've paid off all your credit card debt. You're not worrying about these interest rates right now. Maybe you've locked in your mortgage rates. You're thinking you're a hero because you still have a three or 4% mortgage rate. I'm happy because I have a 2.75% mortgage rate right now. I mean, that's not even inflation. I'm actually making money from a stupid mortgage, right? I love it. Regardless, if you're in that kind of situation, the thing we should be worried about right now is what are banks and credit card companies going to do? Because the economies are not based so much on how much money is flowing, although that's important too. Still money flowing and people still spending money and using money is good. But most importantly, the thing that drives the economy is how much credit is there available? How much access to capital is there specifically for banks and for others that way? So if people stop making payments, especially if it's not principal payments, right? When the money's not coming back, remember banks can leverage and lend out at least 10 times whatever you give them in principal. This is also true when you put money in savings. They have the ability to leverage that. When they get cash back in their hands, they can leverage more. But what happens if people aren't paying that back? What if we start having more delinquencies? What happens in this kind of environment where the banks stop trusting us as US consumers? They will restrict credit. And when credit gets restricted, that is when you'll start to see a massive recession. Guys, it's already coming. They already said that with because employment's still hot right now, supposedly. We all know that the employment rate's been manipulated because we've seen layoffs, yet somehow unemployment went down. Doesn't happen, guys. There's still people unemployed to this day, clients of ours even, that are in the tech industry that are unemployed right now. That's happening because, again, governments like to fluff their numbers. It's kind of like this. You know that phrase I've used several times in this show? Figures don't lie, but liars figure, right? That's what's going on here. So we already seen unemployment going up. But because people are considered so fully employed when it's 5% or less on the unemployment, they're saying, well, this isn't so bad. But think about it. If we're fully employed and this is still happening, what happens if there starts to be more layoffs? What happens if they restrict credit? What if companies have less access to capital to expand and grow their businesses? They're going to stop hiring as much. We will see more layoffs. And I know the feds know it. They're just trying to very casually mention it. They don't want to freak people out. That is a big concern of mine, and it should be yours too. This could be big, guys. This could be a big recession that we're running into here. Maybe the biggest one you've seen in your lifetime. I'm not saying it's going to be, I don't think there is going to be a soft landing. I think less and less people are convinced there's going to be the soft landing, right? And if it were, that just means we're in, we're just going to be in it longer. It's like, how long do you rip that bandaid slowly and make the pain go versus rip it off quickly? And if they try to either way, we've been in a bubble It's time for a correction. It's going to happen. This is good news for you because you're here, you're learning. And I hope you're not just learning, but you're finding ways to take action. If you have this debt, pay it off, get rid of these things. It'd be better just to free up your money, get lean and mean, cut down some expenses that really aren't serving you right now. I'm not saying cut back on everything, right? Don't destroy your life and have no fun in your life and no enjoyment. I'm not saying that. I'm saying be a wise steward of the money you have Make sure it's being used well. Build up that cash. Build up that buffer in your personal finances. Then build up your savings as well, not just for emergencies, although you can do that too. And we talk about like infinite bank is a way to diversify your savings, but also taking that money, you can now invest it for passive income. Also giving you extra protection in case of a downturn or in case your income is affected. That is important. That is the very thing that we're here to do, guys. This is why I'm here doing this. Although I'm financially independent, the reason I keep talking about this stuff, guys, is because I want you to actually prosper. I want you to feel abundant, even when the world around you might seem chaotic and stressful and scarce. 
I want you to be able to feel better when you sleep at night, that you know you're safe, that you know you have something that's going well in your life. And there's a lot of opportunity right now. In fact, that restriction of credit is going to create more opportunities for better growth and better opportunities for investing. So anyways, guys, I'm going to keep doing more conversations on this, but I just want you to know to beware, be watching and be ready. Make it a wonderful, prosperous week. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.